Since the day she gave me that coveted final rose, my wife, Trista Sutter, has made me a better person. If she can get me to know better, to do better, and to just all around be better, then I'm sure she can do it for you too. You're listening to Better Etc. with my wife and your host, Trista Sutter. Hey, everybody. Episode number five is coming your way, and it's such a fun one. It is with the one and only Patty Stanger. She is a relationship expert and third generation matchmaker who talks with me about how to find your true love and how to keep your true love. She answers super interesting questions from my followers and shares her wisdom on how to find love, where to find love, what to be cautious of when looking for a forever relationship, and even her connection to the Bachelor franchise that she's never shared publicly before. That's right. You've got an exclusive right here. So if you love love, you're going to want to listen. Here we go. Oh my God, I'm so excited about today, you guys. For all of the people who follow me, I feel like you are a huge guest for them because I always get the questions about finding love and keeping love and all the things. So today I have the expert of all experts when it comes to love and finding love and keeping love and making love better because, you know, it's the Better Etc. podcast. I've got Patty Stanger. Welcome to the show, Patty. Thank you so much for for having me. You know I love you. There's only one Bachelorette, the original. You broke the mold and the seal. Yeah, I I mean, that's true. That was a long-ass time ago. How married and kids and happy life you have. If they only picked right, they wouldn't be in these situations. Well, or I feel like there are definitely some moments on Bachelorette or Bachelor where the person that they're supposed to be with is just not there. You know, they don't have the entire population. That's, that's totally true. I mean, like, but you know what I love about Bachelor Nation? And I got to give Rob Mills and the Fleiss organization credit for it. You guys date each other when you get off the show. So even though you found love, they find love like, hey, let's go to a meet and greet here. or Let's do a Zoom call there. And I'm like, that's a dating service. I'm surprised that I'm surprised they don't make a dating app on it. And they evolve constantly, you know? Right. Whether it was Bachelor Pad or, I mean, first it was Bachelorette, obviously. And then I think Bachelor Pad came next. And then... I think Paradise, like one of the things Rob Mills said, which I totally agree with it, and I think Chris agrees with it, is that Claire should have been on Paradise. She was. Two or three times. This time. Oh. In other words, you go to the gate, it's love at first sight. And yes, love at first sight can happen. I believe that's past life at first sight. And it's like, boom, bam, boom. And like, wait, we're in day one, dude. What are you going to do? Because we've had that happen too. We've had that happen on our show, A Millionaire Matchmaker. They meet, they see each other across the room, and then they don't want to do the rest of the hour. They don't want to do the rest of the week. They don't want to shoot for the week. And we're like, you're under waiver, dude. You re- you signed a $5 million waiver with Bravo. Totally. You have to do it. You know what? That's part of my evolving thing. When it was me back then, we definitely had a contract saying you had to stay until the end. And I think that they've realized that this is kind of gold for them. They need to continuously evolve to keep people, keep people's attention. And manipulated. It has to be organic because now we've got Taisha and she's going to take the throne. And now we, and and the guys are bummed. Yeah. So they're like, you know, wow. Because I remember. You think they're bummed that Taisha is the the next bachelorette? No, bummed Claire. Because remember, they lit up like Christmas trees. The candy was taken away. One of them says to Dale, 
or to her rather, how long did you know him? Did you meet him before the show? Because they, they've never been on TV. They don't know how it works behind the scenes in Oz. And I'm excited for Tisha. No, I want, I want Rachel, Lindsay, to kind of be her coach. Oh, I bet she will. When Rachel was up, she was tweeting me. And I said, you better not pick the trainer. I will murder you if you pick. And tell me, I live half my life in Miami. I went to college down there. I'm like, the car. I know. We, I went there too. Are you went to, did you go to University of Miami? For my graduate degree. No. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? A hurricane with me? I'm, I'm a hurricane. Go Canes. Wow. I love you. <laughs> and she said to me on Twitter, I'm Patty, I'm not here to play. You know, once you get your heartbroken once, which is what you happen to you, you go, this is all about me now. Yeah. So I feel like they had a low. I want to see them do something they maybe have never done. I'd like to see them bring some new guys in. I have always said you need to bring in someone for the lead who you pluck out of obscurity, who no one knows who we can all fall in love with all together at the same time. Exactly. It would, it would up the game. And then, of course, I'd love to come on the show as Be the Coach. Oh, my gosh. That'd be so fun. Twice, what do I have to do? Okay. I'll text him right now. <laughs> I'm dying to go on that show. I'll work for, like, practically nothing. Right. And I'm, just, I'm obsessed with it. Look, it is my mixer. It's the same format. It's just they go longer. And it works. You know, my, my mixers are real. These are real things we do in my company, in my matchmaking company. It's Cinderella at the ball. Oh, I love life. that. It's yeah, like real life nice. Bachelorette. Plus, Chris would love me to do it. He keeps saying, I want you to come on so I don't have to deal with this mess. <laughs> like, well, if you're, if you're in with Chris, you should be in. But No, Chris, I mean, I love Chris. So it's, like, so it's like, yeah, I'd love to do it. But more importantly, I want to know that Claire's locked. Yeah, I know. Me too. I, I know that this is not a, hey, we're riding the Miss America tour. <laughs> And, you know, we're getting accolades for a year. You know that first 90 days is the perfect phase. And then 91, the bell goes off. I know they're looking for a house. I wish them best of love in that department. I mean, but, you know more than I do. <laughs> yeah, I, I, want, I want it to be real. Yeah, you know, I, want, I do too. I, I, everybody called me. Do you think it's real? And I'm like, it's real now. That what is such a good answer. <laughs> it's real now. Well, yeah. It, it, and it is for everybody who comes off the show. It's real now when they get right, off the show. Now, yeah, a lot can change. A lot can change. Ryan and I have always said that. Yes, they introduced us, and we give them so much, so many props for introducing us. But it's what we did with our relationship after the show that really mattered. Exactly. Let's get. I mean, we could talk. We could just go on and on and on for days. Yeah, but right? I would love to start with how you got into matchmaking. I would love to know the history. So what happened was my mom was like Mrs. Maisel. It's 1963. She just got a divorce. He cheated on her, just like Mrs. Maisel. You're adopted, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm adopted, right. And so she's furious. She moves into her parents' home. And the first marriage, my grandmother had fixed her up with. So my grandmother is like the sot. She's just like, how did this happen? This is 1963 in Jersey. You know, nobody gets divorced. What are we doing? So my grandmother's like, look, you didn't finish college. You know, you got a kid. You got to find another husband. So she taught her how to go out and hunt and fish. And she went on a cruise and my mother got the next husband in six months. That's how fast things went back then. And she got married. So as that happened, all the suburban housewives were getting divorced. It was like the housewives of like New York City. And they're all getting divorced. And the, the rabbi comes to my grandmother 
you know, and says to her, look, you, whatever you did for your daughter, you got to marry twice. You're two for two. You got to help these women. So they did that. And it became like a non-paying matchmaking for the temple, the local temple. Oh, my gosh. And it became a phenomenon. So my aunt was doing it in New York. My, my mother was doing it in Jersey. And then I said, I would never do this for a living. I was 16 and we went to a Christchurch dance, which I liked all the Gentile boys. They were like all the blonde, blue eyed. That was my favorite. Yeah. And I introduced my best friend to her boyfriend, who she ended up getting married to. And the priest came over to me and says, you know, you got a calling. You got to do this for your living. And I said, yeah, right. And then I was in the garment center for 10 years selling jeans and clothing and working for these big companies and the market crashed. So I went down to Florida to our favorite little haunting ground to be with my mom, cutoffs and all, swimming, key westing every weekend. All right, of course. And my mom is like, you have to get a job. You can't just sit around the house at 29 years old and do nothing. She saw an ad for Great Expectations, the largest dating service. She circled it. She pretended she was me and got me an appointment for an interview. No! And the rest of the story. Yeah, I was like, she's like, you are not, I was like a waitress. I was a hostess. I was like, I'm, I'm drinking, I'm partying, I'm sunning every day. You know what Miami's like. And I was never going to like work hard again. I was just going to find my husband and call it a day and live in Boca Raton or something. Yeah. Like, oh, no, 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 no. We don't do it that way. But then I ran the company for eight years. Great expectations. And it was very misogynist. It was very ruthless to women. It was the, the oh. owners of the company were not good people. We were sexually harassed. I mean, I could write a book on it. In fact, in my company, the first thing we did when we opened the doors is make a sexual harassment policy so that nobody could do anything because we're in dating. We're in the dating business. But the owner, I mean, he's sleeping with my boss. He's married. He ends up marrying her. Like it was just a mess. And I said, I can't work this way anymore. So I came out to California to be a screenwriter because I went to film school at U of M and I needed to pay the bills. So I registered with all the agencies in town and they were like, for every Jewish guy you date, give it to me and we'll give you two dates for you that are non-Jewish because I didn't like Jewish at the time. So I said, okay, okay. And I gave them all my J daters and whatever. The apps were up. And next thing I know, one of the guys who was really wealthy said, you're a better matchmaker than they are. How about if I give you $10,000 and you fix me up? Yes. And, and then, then you knew. Yeah, right. So I'm like, sure. Great. I had a regular job and I had credit card, $25,000 in credit card debt. So I was like, I want to get this off. So I started fixing up the community and I realized the best clients were the rich clients, but they were a pain in the ass and they were the millionaires. So yeah. I specialize in it. I pull out my, you know, non-sexual dominatrix boots, <laughs> and I bring my New York <laughs> attitude. And I'm like, boo, boo. like if, if you want someone to throw Trump out of the office, that'd be me. Okay. Yeah. And they are kissing my ass, sending their friends. Marie Claire gets wind of it, writes this huge story on me. I'm on the mark. And then the true story is, Telepicture calls me up and says, we want you to do a show. No way. And I come up with the format to The Bachelor. But I had a very bad agent. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. This is a true story. You would, you're getting, no, I've never told this story to anyone because you are the only one who would understand it. Oh, my God. I was so just like, I well, there's another the connection. Format, but you got to understand, Mike had done Who Wants to Marry a right. Millionaire. So okay. He had that. Yeah. My agent is at ICM who is never to be named, they offer him the deal for me to create. It was 25 women 
living on this millionaire's home in Bel Air with the helicopter pad, and they were going to give jewelry instead of roses. And you remember the first three million, their first three guys were millionaires in like semi millionaires. Yeah, yeah, they definitely like use that, that for and sure. That's the format comes like that. I mean, Brooke will tell you with telepictures, this is true. My agent didn't believe me for years. I never did anything about it because I thought that Mike and Rob had done such an amazing job. And you want to work again. And I knew that I would get my own show. So I create this show and the deal goes south because my greedy agent wants more money. And they create the show with Mike. It was called The Millionaire. It wasn't called The Bachelor. True story. And then I did a show that was called Self Made. I made a million dollars in my underwear my first year in business at my computer like this. Uh huh. Are you Cal- in your underwear now? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I'm in my underwear. Simon Cal gets wind of it. He was my first producer. Then Ryan was my second because Simon got sued. And I end up somehow at Bravo. So it was all meant to be. And I love ABC. I got no issues with them. And they did a fabulous job. It was just, I had a bad agent. The agent should be arrested, basically. Oh my gosh, I love that story. How much I mean, fun. It's a story because I think about, you know, when we started out, there was only Survivor on the air. I had an offer of a job in development and marketing at Paramount. And Arthur Cohn was the, was the marketing head of Paramount. And he brought me into the office and goes, I could give you a $65 grand a year job and I gave you a bonus. But your matchmaking is the real thing. There's going to be shows like this on the air. I go, what are you talking about? He's like, my son created behind the music. Trust me, you need to stay put. I'll give you the job if you want. You have till Monday, but keep doing what you're doing. And he was Arthur Cohn. I owe everything to because he gave me advice. And if you listen to people when you're in business, giving you mentor advice, listen to what they're saying. They're older, wiser. They've been there before, you know? Yeah. It's not always a grab the first thing that comes along. Sometimes you got to wait. Oh, I fully believe in that. Well, I kind of tried to grab the first thing that came along in Alex Michelle, but (laughs) good thing I waited. Woohoo! That is such a great story. Okay, so I wanted to have you on because I feel like, you know, relationships are a big thing that I want to talk about on on this podcast over the years. And we've known each other for... Gosh, did we meet at WeTV at the panel? Is that where we met? Chris and I, Chris was hosting it. Mark Church had it. And it was everybody in love. Even Heidi and Spencer were there. Yes, right. And I think Sean and Catherine were there. So fun. I call them Spidey. Spidey, yeah. They are Spidey. I'd love for you to share your tips on Uh people out there. I reached out to my Instagram following and I got a ton of great questions. Okay, let's go. Let's oh go. my gosh, right? So, so good. Such good questions. But what I want to start with is like, what are the tips, just the basics of okay. how to find your true love? Well, you're in a pandemic right now. So the basics are to get online. Now, does that mean you only have to do apps? No, you can do LinkedIn. You can do Facebook. What, so, so when you say you can do LinkedIn, what do you do actually if you go on LinkedIn? Like, what would well, you I'm do? I'm the men to ask the women out more now because you don't know whether they're single or not. So you can say, hey, you can flirt. You can go, wow, I love your profile photo. You're really <laughs> handsome. Aww. Now, if he can come back, you know he's not interested. Or he's married or he's got a relationship, you know? But you could do that. You could signal. It's a signal kind of thing. You're not really, you're not really asking him out. You're just complimenting him. But you're complimenting him into a territory where he has to reveal who he is and what's going on. Well, thank you. I wish my wife would tell me that. Bye. Or they can say, God, you are so handsome. I love your profile picture. 
your wife must love the, you know, you, you might as well look at your blue eyes all day long. You know, I don't have a wife. I don't have a wife. What right. are you talking about? I'm single. Right. So there's ways. Now you could do it on Twitter too. It happened to me on Twitter yesterday. Somebody yesterday? Was and I didn't know it. Yeah. It was kind of weird because it, we were talking, you know, when you got into election, I've been, I've been promoting get out the vote with Eileen Davidson's uh, group from uh, Housewives of Beverly Hills. And we worked our asses off to get the vote out. So during the course of the first night, I was in a depression. We were headed in the wrong area. You could tell what I'm, what, who I voted for. And when we came back from behind, we were blowing up that Trump wouldn't leave the White House. So I really got New York nasty. I just went for it. And I lose followers when I get political. And I'm not political. This is the only time in my life I've ever been political. Because right is right and wrong is wrong. So this guy comes in and he says, Patty, you're hot stuff. Your boyfriend must love that. And I go, I don't have a boyfriend. Because they still watch the show and think, you know, I'm with David. I'm single now. And I was like, well, I'm single too. There you go. So we started DMing. He doesn't live here. He's in uh, Vermont. So we started DMing on the inside, on, on Twitter inside. So there's ways to do it. You don't just have to use the app. The apps are great. You know, the websites are great. But you can also, you know, flirt and signal, you know, the five-second flirt at the grocery store, the Trader Joe's line, which is around the block here, okay, or Costco or uh, CVS, you're going to have your eyes that tell the story because you're wearing a mask, hopefully. You're in sure. the right state, yeah. right? So the eyes are the mirror of the soul anyway. So I would tell the girls to do their eyes up, make them smoky, make them vivid, make them blue. There's a great eye drop called Lumify. Put those suckers in. They are, they'll open the eyes and make Lumify? them. Lumify? Lumify. It it's, it's the Hollywood red carpet secret that we all use to make our eyes pop. Take your sunglasses off, use the eyes, signal and smile. Now, what's great about it is he's not seeing your nose down. So he's only seeing your eyes. So you're smizing, Tyra mm -hmm. Banks smizing. <laughs> it, he will come over, spray a little cologne on, wear a little low cut V top, show the assets if you got legs. Do the thing that you would do if you're going to the club, just a little casualer. Real man will walk over. You're in New York. They got another month before the winter comes. You know, they had 70 degrees over the weekend. We were freezing in California. So they got another month in global warming till that bad snow starts to come. You know, they got to have a girlfriend by Thanksgiving or they're screwed, right? So they're going to be more huntery. But in California, Florida, they're a little bit lazy. You've got lazy lions all over the place. So you're trying to find the alpha out of the beta. So if he doesn't come over, he's either in a relationship switch hitting for the wrong team, they're gay, or fluid, or he basically isn't into you. God's but wait, what about Ryan? Like, he would never approach someone. He Like, he's the, like, quiet... Oh, please. He wasn't quiet on the show. Oh, yes, he, he was. Introduced. He's an old-fashioned gentleman. He would have to be introduced. But if he were in a pandemic, and that man is testosterone city... Oh, yes. And he, get, he ain't getting it. He's going to cross the... I mean, tell me... Okay. I dated a 9-11 firefighter. Hello, Steve. Even though you cheated on me, I still love oh, you. Oh, no. And um, we were long distance. And he was very alpha Italian, Staten Island, kind of like a Cuomo type, because I love the Italians. And, you know, I said to him, did you ever go up to a girl and ask her? And he said, no, but he's so, like, alpha. He said, I always get introduced. I said, that's because you're good looking and, and it's easy for you to get introduced. What if you were in a situation and nobody introduced you? What was you? He said, oh, I'd walk up to a girl. 
So they have to be stripped of like, it's too easy. Yeah. My business is through the roof right now. We're planning to do an app. We're looking for the company, the right company to, to make it. Okay. Every man is in heat. I went on a date last night. Okay. And the guy almost attacked me sexually. I mean, it was like he was in heat. I was like, whoa, you have not had a COVID test. We are not doing this. Yeah. I, I get tested at work all the time. I, I want to see your paperwork. Right. You know, that kind of a thing. Um, they're FaceTiming. They're aggressive right now. The, our industry went through the $3 billion mark because this year it was raised in since March. It went up because the apps, because every man is online looking. Yeah. Now, the apps are kind of a weird place. Not a lot of money. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Not a lot of money. Not a, a lot more successful women than successful men. I'm working on that. Hey, Bumble, call me. But the bottom line is there's other ways to use the internet. I'm not saying go on Craigslist, but I'm talking about there's, there's, there's networking groups. You just have meet up to meet in person. Well, there's, there's groups now where you can get into your political group. You can be a vegan. You love dogs. You love to run. There's a lot of that going on right now. So you have nothing else to do. Most of us aren't working. We have a time now to take the time out to do our hobbies and get interested. Find something that men are doing. Whether it's watching football, because football's on. Now, the other thing is, you can go to states where there are highly populated men. We can still drive. You know, you still can get in your car. So, Menver is one, which is Denver. San Diego is Man Diego. You got to find the census of where the men go. Uh, you like to golf? Arizona, Florida. Like, pick your poison and then go there. And you can get in a car with a girlfriend and go. I don't, I'm not opposed to people traveling. Now, the only bad thing is don't go to a state where the numbers are rising. You can quarantine for two weeks and get an Airbnb. You could do things that protect yourself. Um, but I have friends that are going to Mexico even. I don't know if I would get on a plane and go because I'm not a big, I don't think the planes are the way to go. I think you stay on the ground and you do a road trip to a town that's close to you. Mix it up a bit because what you're going to notice is men are out and about. Yeah. Can't go to the gym by me. They can't go to the restaurants inside. They can't stand at a bar. So they're walking and they're running. Okay, so you mentioned the apps. Can you go over what the apps are for the people out there? Like for the different ages too, because- People who who live in a shoe and don't know what an app is? Well, honestly, I mean, I don't because I haven't needed one forever, but thank God, I don't need them. What would you know? And you have your, okay, so I'm talking to your single girlfriends. Exactly. Also, I, I want to know different ages. Okay. You're in your 20s. The apps like Raya, which, you know, are celebrity driven. So there's various different apps that you get on. You open your iPhone up and then some of the smart other smartphones, like, you know, other companies have it too, but majority of iPhone users have it. You click the button, you get inside, you put your profile up. The key is to look like your photo. So even though you're going to do a filter and you're going to make yourself clean and pretty and use probably, you know, Adobe. Just don't go to Kim Kardashian land. Yeah, yeah, right. They're going to be like, who's that woman? If you're 20 pounds overweight, own it. Yeah. Own who you are. I went on a date the other night, and the guy would look gorgeous in the pictures, and then he showed up, he was 500 pounds. He's like, I put a little weight on in quarantine. You think? <clears throat> so don't do that. Yeah, be truthful. Men, men take the worst photos. You know, it's like where bald men go to die is Bumble. The, the, the glasses are on. We can't see the eyes. And then they all look like Rikers Island convicts. There's no smile. They don't get dressed. Women are Botoxing and facelifting and 
putting the bikini on. They look amazing. Women look amazing right now. And then the men, I'm like, God, you need a facelift. You know, it's just one of those things. So, so you know, and you also want to vet their education. So, like, it's good to say what school you went to because that's a common talking point. I found that if you were a guy, I'd be like, whoa, you're a hurricane, I'm a hurricane, you know? Yeah. You want to know where you live. There are a lot of men online that are transient right now. Oh, I'm thinking of moving to New York. I'm thinking of moving to California. I'm thinking of moving to, you know, Cincinnati, whatever. And you're like, you don't live here, bye. Yeah. You, I don't really have a job. I'm in between things. You're 59 years old. You're in between things. What did you do before? You know, like there's stuff like that going on. So you really have to take the time to vet them and say, where do you live? What do you do? Have you been married? Do you have kids? Whether you're 20 or 80. Then you're going to use this app called Spokio. Spokio does background checks. Mm. What about like Bumble and Tinder, the ones that I've heard of? Bagel, Inner Circle, Hinge, Happen, Match. There's a bunch of them. There's plenty of room for more. Like anybody keeps thinking there's no room for more. There's plenty of room for us. There's a 300 million people in the United States. 120 million are single. Yeah. You love that odds? So we're only reaching like two to 4% of the population on the apps because the app people jump from one to the next, to the next, next. We're not getting like the mid-level guy who lives in like Calabasas and has a nice house, like a 1.5 million dollar house and drives an SUV and he's, he's dad material. Like, like Ryan, he goes to the gym on the weekends, that kind of guy. Okay. That guy is not being hit by the apps. The algorithm is off. If you watch Social Dilemma, you'll see on Netflix how the algorithm is made. They're not hitting those people. That's what I want to change. I want to get those guys for my girls. I want to be the app that cares. A lot of apps sell ads, sell super likes, which means, you know, they tell you who likes you, the boosts, they put you the front of the line so you get viewed first, but they don't really care whether you find love. And of course, anybody can join my club, millionairesclub123.com. It's free for non-millionaires or millionaires. So you can join that too. So you but, can be a non-millionaire on Millionaires Club? Yeah, we t- tons of, that's where the girls go. Yeah, absolutely. And there's men non-millionaires. We have millionaires men and we have gay men. And do you we, background check them? Yes, we, we don't use that. We use Spokio. So we don't do, uh, you can't do a money background check. We do like no criminal activity. Like you haven't, you haven't had a restraining order. But we are not responsible for it. So for instance, if someone did have a restraining order and didn't show up on Spokio, we're not responsible. We, we suggest people to hire their own private investigator. You can't do everyone. It's, the apps don't do that. It's yeah, possible. right. So after you go through this and you set this profile up, first step, on Bumble, you get to pick the guy. Hi, John. How's your day going? He comes back. I like you. Let's see what goes. Um, a lot of the apps have interface, like what we're doing, like on Zoom. They have like a FaceTime. Not all of them, but some. Bumble does. So you can call the person. I wouldn't recommend the girl calling the guy. I recommend the guy calling the girl because it shows you how alpha is. You don't want a lazy ass that you got to take care of. You're going to end up being his mother. So the first step would be a phone call. He doesn't get on the phone call after texting three times. Say, look, I'm just not really into texting. If you want to call me, here's my number. Yeah. And if he doesn't call you, he's not your guy. So if he calls, now you're getting into it. You like him. You're feeling good. The chemistry's flowing. FaceTime. Do not go on a date in person until you FaceTime because you will be sadly disappointed. Now, that doesn't mean that you've had him on FaceTime and you meet him in person and you don't like him, but you should get to know him slow. So we call that slow dating, slow dating. The opposite of the bachelorette. 
Right. <laughs> you can watch The Bachelorette, but you got to slow date. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now, once you get to the place of, I like you, you like me, we've gone on several dates for lunch, dinner, whatever, you're going to need to take a COVID test before you have sex. You can wait till the pandemic's over, like next year, or you can cautiously date. And I wouldn't recommend dating a lot of people at once. I recommend one or two at most and discarding, constantly discarding if they don't make your wish list. So we have a wish list that we make, which is five non-negotiables and physical things that you can put on the list. Like I like them tall with hair. Did you say with hair? Yeah, I like them with hair. Sorry, I do. Okay. You know, me, I mean, me too. For instance, like, um, I want to get married, they don't. I want kids, they don't. I'm Christian, born again Christian, they're Jewish. Not going to happen. So you got to have, like, serious stuff, not immature stuff. Keep that, make laminate it, put it in your wallet, look on your on your notes and your phone, and stick to that list. If you, you want to get married and you're looking for marriage material, there is no time to play. Now, the young girls, I recommend getting your eggs frozen. Mm. So if you can afford it, it's a credit card, put away. Look, you lay away clothes and shoes, you can lay away your eggs. Yeah, I agree. And if you can, it's it's something I never had in my ears. You won't get that, you know, biological clock going crazy in your ear, which makes you make bad decisions because you're rushing to get the baby. That's what's so great about it. Now, that doesn't mean you can't surrogate, you can't adopt, and you can't foster care. I'm talking about those girls who want to physically carry a child. So if you're in your 20s and your parents say, what do you want for your graduation? It's not a trip to Europe. It's not cash in the bank. It's freeze my eggs. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. I think yeah. that's so realistic. Okay, so you mentioned the non-negotiables. I think that is great advice, especially for everyone out there looking for love. You just need to know what, like for me, it would have been a deal breaker if Ryan didn't want to have kids. Oh my God, yes. You were so ready when you were on that show. Yeah, I've always said that. It's, it's huge. You need to know who you are. You need to know what you want. You need to know what you're looking for and what makes you happy and know what your deal breakers are. So are there, do you, I know for you personally, you have some, but what mm-hmm. would be deal breakers for, for people out there who are trying to find a solid, committed relationship? Well, I mean, a deal breaker for me would be no sex before monogamy. So if the guy, and he says, well, you know, I mean, we're in COVID. If there's ever a time for no sex before monogamy, it's now. Yeah, right. Okay. So if that guy's like 18 and acting like an idiot and he's using his age as like a reason to get out of jail, if he's not and you're over 50 and he's doing it, because there are plenty of those too, that's not the guy. So your job is to vet. And the secret sauce of vetting is to be detached. Those who are detached get the guy. What do you, you mean? Well, you ever notice why the bitch gets the guy? Because she's detached. She knows there's another one around the corner. What I want you to do is look at yourself as like, I'm the deal. I'm the queen. They're all coming to court to, to, and I'm deciding whether I'm going to date them. I'm going to marry them. I'm going to have a kid with them. Not the other way around. Yeah. I mean, I truly believe like for Bachelorette and even for Bachelor, I felt like it's a two-way road. They needed to get to know me, but I needed to get to know them in order to determine whether or not we were compatible for each other. But hidden in there is was my confidence and believing in myself and knowing who I was and knowing what I wanted out of a relationship and what I wanted for my future. So I think that's really important. 
We also, also think that self-esteem is the key to everything in life, whatever you do. And if you can be alone, like a lot of girls are single right now listening to this, and they're alone. They're alone. They were they conquered COVID alone. If you can conquer COVID alone, you can wait for the right guy. That's what you have to think about because nothing's worse than this. It doesn't get worse than this. So if you can handle this, the right one's gonna show up. And I don't care if you're 60, just saying in general that there's a lid for every pot, as my grandmother would say. Oh, I love it. There's a lid for every pot. Yeah. Oh, so cute. Okay, so what are red flags that people should look for? One, he's cheap. Mm. Buys things for himself and he won't, he asked you to split the bill. A man who asks you out pays. He who asks the person out pays. Now, if you're gay, there'll be one feminine, one masculine, or they'll take turns on the male side as well as the female side. One's a little more up than the other. Okay. But if he's expecting you, especially men who make money and ask you to pay, there are those too, by the way. Um, cheap. Two, he has anger issues. Mm. Real bad anger. He goes from one to 100. He yells at the waitress. Oh. He's, screaming, he's screaming in, in the car in road rage. Get the hell out of there. Yeah. Okay. Three, he's a playboy. He just wants to fuck around. He wants to try the car before buying it. Four, he lies. Bye-bye. Oh. You caught him in a lie. And you basically realize he, he lies about this. What else is he going to lie about? And it could be something small, but he lied. He lied. And five, I think that the value system of what his big picture of what life should be like, where, where are you going to be in 10 years? Find that from him. What is his vision? Is his vision, I want a home, I want kids, I want a dog, I want a house, you know, I want to live with my beautiful wife, you know, I'm family oriented. If he's not family oriented, you got to, he's got, either has mommy or daddy issues. Now, that doesn't mean that he can't work on them. And maybe he had an alcoholic father or he had a mother that was absent. There are good guys like that, too, that worked on themselves. Also, if he's not conflict oriented, which means like you have a problem and he doesn't want to talk about it. He just goes cold and silent, aloof and different in the other room and ignores you. Yeah, there's a lot of red flags. Although I will say that Ryan has a hard time talking. He doesn't like talking, period. <laughs> I mean, so that that's definitely something that we struggle with. And one of my biggest pet peeves is when we're in an argument and he walks away. And I'm like, uh, no, 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 no. I get it. that This is not comfortable. We need to talk this through. What so, sign is he? September 14th. What is I have Virgo? Oh, he's a Virgo. He doesn't like conflict. Uh, and I'm a Scorpio. Oh, and you are a rager. No, 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 no. You have to resolve it then. Yeah, yeah. I do. Any conflict. If I am in an controversial discussion with a friend or even even a stranger people who dm me and they come at me and i'm like i can't leave them alone it drives me nuts is that because i'm a scorpio <laughs> yes yes so it was Beth bethany's a scorpio and yesterday on twitter she was raging these people were really trolling her i mean they were mean like i i, I delete them i go bye-bye I, I just, know I need to he was like going at them. And I was loving it because, you know, I was just laughing because I used to be like that. I learned that anger doesn't suit me, but I also learned sometimes you don't get the answers in the moment you want it. I, I, have, know. To, I have to work on that because I meditate. I'm a big meditator. And one of the things I talk about for dating is meditation for dating. Mm. One of the best things you could do. I do TM transcendental meditation. You don't have to do that. Do that meditation before you go on a date. Okay, it'll calm your nerves, especially if you're FaceTiming. We don't always look beautiful on Zoom. 
You know, Zoom doesn't always make you look gorgeous. So it's like you get nervous when you get on these FaceTime Zoom meetings with the guy. Yeah. So you take a little meditation and it'll give you self-esteem too. It'll make you think like, I don't know if I like him. Like the one I went out with the other day, I was like, I don't know if I like him. <laughs> it's just, it was one of those like, I'm not sure. Eh. Eh. No, I love the meditation thing. I just had a friend of mine on, her name's Kelly Wolf, and she's a life coach. And she was talking about meditation and how it's not this big, it can be this big hoo-hoo thing, but it can also be like just taking a minute, 30 seconds for yourself. So her tip was naming three things in the room that are with you, my computer, my microphone, and my ironing board. That just put me in the present. And she's like, you just meditated. So there are easy ways to meditate, but I think you're right. One of the things I think that people don't realize is that it could take five minutes. You know, when you go to the bathroom, you take a break, like a cigarette break, close your eyes, sit down on a bench and five minutes. That's all you, some people think you need 20 minutes, an hour or two. You're not a monk. Okay. It's like pushing the cash on the computer. That's what it is. Yeah. No, I, I think I, that was great because I've always felt like I needed to dedicate way more time to that. But she made it so easy. Uh, So easy. So good. Totally true. true. Okay. So I am going to pull up the questions from my followers. I thought this one was really good. Can you have a successful long-term relationship after infidelity? Yes. There's not one size fits all. You have to find out why did he or she cheat? The why is going to set you free. And there are a million whys. It's not like she was hotter, she, he was better, richer, poor. It doesn't matter. It usually is the, the indication of the cheater, as well as the cheatee, the cheater, it's more of a reflection on that person than you. Okay. Now, if it's something like as simple as like, we don't have sex, you know to give sex. But you've got to find out why, because you've got to fill that in. You can't make someone feel better. Okay, that's the thing. You can't heal him and cure him. He has to, he or she has to work it out on his own. But if it's something as simple as like, you don't give me any time. You're never around. And you got to listen to that. If that's you what you find out, you got to listen. This person, I don't want to say that person's name to out them, but there was a very famous person that got cheated on. And when she got cheated on, she asked him why he cheated. And he basically said, because you were on the road 365 days a year, singer, concert person. And I was, I was the loneliest man in the world, home on the farm. And she was like, wow, I didn't even look at it like that. And also there's levels of like, some people need more sex than others. You know, like he needed a lot more sex than her, clearly. You gotta find the why. There's money reasons why, there's emotional reasons why, there's health reasons why. I have a friend, who has a wife who has muscular dystrophy and he cheated. He couldn't have sex with her. And he was like, fine with it. I was mad about it. Right. But then I realized the man has been taking care of her for five years. He needed a little, you know? Yeah. I I got mad at first and then I kind of felt bad for him afterwards. So there's things like that. You got to know why. Well, and I think also forgiveness is huge. You know, I, One of my best friends here, her dad gave me a great answer to a question I asked him on an anniversary a while ago. He's been married for probably 50 years or something around there. And he, I said, what are your, what are your secrets to success? Like, what are the top five things? And forgiveness was at the very top of the list. And I think that's so important because no matter 
if the person cheated on you or just said something in the in the middle of an argument that made you mad like there are so many ways that we can forgive each other and it's just a constant action that you have to take in your relationship to put that relationship first and just because you forgive them doesn't mean you're letting them off no no that's another thing that's a whole forgiveness is for you so you don't hold the anger inside not for them but he or she is going to have to be you know walking a very small fine line to get back to the level of trust and i've seen couples where the male or female who cheated actually is better as a mate the second time around because they so awful what they did yeah no i agree i think i i've known people in those kind of relationships and i think it that's true here's another really good one especially because i have a really good friend kind of going through this right now but um how do you deal with a narcissist that, it, that is your husband and father to your children. I had a father narcissist, so I understand totally. It is hell. It's hell. They're, they're, you know, I'm not a therapist. This is really a therapy question. I don't know if narcissists can heal like to the point where they are so outside themselves they can see what they're doing to other people. Because they don't really know because they're on a one-road street. So the best thing you could do is keep going to therapy. A therapist he respects, you respect, who's bipartisan, helping you come to grips with it. And then you got to break down what categories they're narcissistic in. So so for the people out there who are dating and they come upon a narcissist as one of the possibilities for their future, would you say run for the hills or would you say? Yes, yes. Don't marry him. But if you've married them and your kids and now you're, you know, you're, you're trying to fix it, that's a different game. But if you're dating someone as a narcissist, no, a narcissist needs to date a narcissist. You know, you know what my theory is? A giver needs to date a giver so they learn how to receive. A taker needs to date a taker so they learn how to give. Good advice. <laughs> okay, here's another one. What are the biggest mistakes people make when looking for love? Their expectations are too out of whack. You know, I want Bill Gates, who looks like Brad Pitt. Also, I think a lot of the mistakes they make is they settle also. So there's one extreme I want too much, and there's another extreme I settle. A lot of people, like if you ask women, this is a very, we did a study on this not too long ago. If you ask women, did you marry your first choice, their second choice? They married their second choice because they worked harder to get them. Huh. Yeah, really kind of an interesting thing where men would never do that. They only marry the first choice. Now, another thing is I think the biggest mistake they do in dating itself is pump and dump. Don't tell them your life story. All the bad and the good will come out in its own. If you lead with your negative foot, like you talk about your ex-wife that you hate her, or you talk about your mother you hate her, or you talk about how your boyfriend, you know, you know, empty the bank account. You're leading with your negative foot, and there's no place for sexy to go. You've neutralized it. Also, don't talk about your dating experience, who you've gone online with, who you've spoken to, how do you like it, how don't you like it. It neutralizes the sex, and it's not sexual anymore. It becomes the friend zone. Mm. Now have a common enemy, which is Germany. You know what I mean? Like, in other words, you're talking about your problems in the war, not sexy. Don't whine. Don't complain. Complainers don't get their mates. Who wants to go on a date and hear, well, well, I'm out of work. I don't have any money. My car broke down on the highway. Like, you don't want to hear that. Male, female, gay, straight, doesn't matter. 
Whining is off the table, especially when you're getting to know someone. Now, you get sick in the first three months and they're not there for you, that's not your guy or girl, okay? Because if you're exclusive and this has become a thing, the true colors are going to come out. So the mistake is allowing them to stay. Why do we allow bad people to treat us badly? <sighs> Why? I know. I went through so many relationships like that. Oh, me too. The list to the floor. Yes, correct. This has to do with childhood, by the way. Well, for women, we were raised to be polite and never question anything. And if you did have bad parents who treated you poorly or you were abandoned or adopted or whatever, um, and you didn't have a good childhood, you were beaten, whatever, you, you generally it comes out where either A, you become the beater or you become you know, the one that gets abused. So it's almost like you have to work on yourself. So that if you get clarity, which is what meditation does, you'll spot the asshole in the first 10 seconds he's talking to you. Yeah, totally. Okay, yeah. one question I get asked all the time is how do you keep the fire alive when you are married and have been married for almost 20 years yeah. or 30 years or whatever? Sex. Sex, sex, sex and more sex. Sex. <laughs> sex. Okay, so it, the romance is the most important factor because you don't have sex without romance. You know, I'm not saying that you can't have a quickie and like you're in the shower and like, let's do it. I got to get the kids going, blah, 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 blah. Bing. But if it gets to be too monotonous and it's the same type of sex and it's the same type of romance and no one's bringing their A-game to the party, you're going to get bored. It's just the way it is. Now you're in COVID. It's hard to do this now. There's not anything to do. We live in a state here where nothing's open. You can go to restaurants outside, but that's it. You can't do anything else. There's no movies, no nothing. So you actually got to get creative. You got to go, I'm bringing a bottle of wine and a picnic to the beach. Let's go hiking. You know, like you got to get, let's go by the waterfall and, you know, watch the stars. Like, you know, like as though you're, it's really like you're going back to the time you were pouring in college and you had to get creative on dating. You remember that time? Because I remember in college, we used to go to the, uh, to the, to the airport at, at Miami uh -huh. and lay on the cars and let the planes fly over us. And that was a date. You know what, though? I like that. I like the watching the stars. Yeah, at like... night. You used to do it at night. It was kind of scary. And then you'd want to have sex right after because it was kind of exciting. Like stupid stuff like that. Or we go to Crandon Park Beach and make a bonfire. Yeah. You know, like stuff like that. You got to get creative. What about also, like people like us who have kids that when right. you don't? Yeah. So acts of service for people who have children. So if you're dating someone or you're in, in a marriage, okay, and you're living together and you're in that four, you know, four walls kind of room. So if the romance isn't there for them to like woo you as a woman, you know, the door doesn't open. No matter how many times you say Alibaba, that it, the door ain't opening. So you've got to find the woo. And the woo to a woman who's married with children is make my life easier. So true. Put the clothes, throw them in the laundry, walk the dogs, pick up the poo. Can you empty the dishwasher at least once? You know, like that's what we're looking for. Cause that's gonna go, oh my God, you did this without me asking? And then you're ripping their clothes off. You know like, what? Took. I'm a words of affirmation girl, okay. but I am not gonna deny okay. acts of service. Wait, oh, wait, what is he? What's his love language? You know, um, I think it's probably physical touch. 
Yeah, I'm touching gifts. I'm a little bit of both. But now I'm starting to get, I took the test yesterday because there's a singles version and there's the relationship version. And I said, ooh, you know, acts of service is coming up the pike. Like I got more points, not enough, but it was like my third one. You know, like look at all the points that you get. And I was like, ooh, I'm getting up the point. Because I think I really like a guy that takes care of me. And I've always been indispensable where I do everything for them. And I'm like, I'm over that. Yeah. I'm too old for that shit. Right. You know? No kidding. But that's true. So can people take that test? Can you take it oh, online? Again, yeah. It'll change over time. Huh. Remember, every time you have a breakup. Okay. So we do this thing called the common denominator exercise. Kenya Moore did it on my show. You take four relationships in your life that are the most significant. You make a list of all the positives and all the negatives. You circle each one that's a common denominator in the next one. So four people said he was cheap. You have an issue with cheapness. Four people said he always took care of me when I was sick, that you loved about him. You got a nurturer. So now you've got to blend the two sides of the street. You got to go, okay, well, next time around, I'm never going to go for a guy who doesn't care about me. So that would be a guy who didn't give you acts of service. Words are cheap, right? Because even though to you words mean a lot, to other people, words are cheap. They want to see action. So then you work on the common denominator thing. And then every time you date someone, you look for that person not cheating on you if that was your issue. Or if cheap, or they were uh, mean to you with words, you know, verbally put you down. And you see that red flag and you get out. You don't wait. You don't ask for a second invitation. Do you always ask the vampire to come into the house? Oh, that would be a no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, so funny. Okay, so this is a question I ask everybody at the end of our chats. I'd love to know. You're single now, right? Right. Okay. So, I, and you can you can do it relationships or not, but I feel like relationships are probably, you know, a little. Yeah. That's probably what people want to hear about. But how will you be better tomorrow? How do you plan on being better for yourself? I think I'm going to listen to my gut more than I've ever listened to my gut. I think your gut is your guidance system. My intuition, you know, I watched Nexium, the seduced version of India's story last night. And when you watch the vow and then you watch it, uh, vows on HBO and, and seduced is on stars. There was a current theme in the show. He said, ignore your intuition. Ignoring your intuition to me is like ignoring how to breathe. No kidding. So I think I'm going to listen to my gut for the red flags and not even allow a second invitation. Which I always gave everybody too many chances. I was too many chance girl. I don't know what I thought was going to happen. They're not going to change it. No kidding. Coming from you. That's it. That's really you shocking to me. Mistakes too, because you know what happens when you have chemistry. But now that I'm in my older years, the brain that I have now, you know, when you get into perimenopause, the brain that you have now, or menopause, is not the brain you had in your 20s and 30s and early 40s when estrogen was really in the street. So now I'm like a man. I'm very clear-headed. I'm still sexual, but I'm not jumping into anything. So I'm like, who are you and what do you want? Then you take our fame aspect that you, you and I have, and you really got to be careful, right? Because they could be using us, right? And then you got COVID. It's like three things that you have to go, whoa. Who are you? What do you want? Are you what I'm looking for? Yeah. It's funny yeah. that you say, talk about your gut because just the other day, Blakesley, my daughter, who's 11, just, she, she said something about someone who had cheated or maybe it was a song and we were talking about cheating and she asked me, have you ever been cheated on? And I said, yeah. 
actually in Miami, really bad. And I told her the story, you know, little snippets of it for an 11-year-old brain. And I said, you know what's the worst part is that I had proof that he cheated on me and I believed him. So I said, always listen to your gut. It's the, it's the thing that's going to guide you. It's the thing that's telling you whether or not you are in the right place. And I don't think those conversations are too early to have. She's 11, but she is... You got to teach, you got to prepare for the rest of the world. Yeah. I mean, you know, once they do the beat bumblebee and the, you know, the birds and the bees kind of thing, then they start to get to the emotional level of what does it mean to be in a relationship? What does it mean to date someone? Because they're growing up faster. There's so much social media and so much television. Who cares about that? You got all of them on the internet, TikTok, whatnot. And you're going, they're getting faster than they've ever gotten, than we have ever gotten in any generation. So they're pretty far apart. It's scary. I I think it's never wrong to tell your children the truth. Right. And then teach them how to handle it. I fully believe in that. 100%. Okay. So how can people find you and what are you, what are you working on next? So obviously I'm on social media and it's P-A-T-T-I, not Y, I, Stanger, S-T-A-N-G-E-R. So you got Twitter, you've got Instagram. um, And then you can go to my website, millionairesclub123.com. So there's an S in Millionaires Club. You can register there. We'd love to have you. We've got Matchmaker standing by to assist you and fix you up. Gay, straight, pink, polka dot, fluid, doesn't matter. We do it all. We do it all. We just do dogs and cats yet, you know. I said to my friend, my friend, because what happened was I went with my friend to get a dog, a rescue dog, right before COVID. And the next door neighbor had a dog. And right before COVID, we had a party. And I said, those two... You know, both of them were not fixed, a boy and a girl. And I said, those two are going to end up together. And she's like, what are you, matchmaking the dogs? I said, you watch. Sure enough, the dog got pregnant. Stop it. I'm not not fucking kidding it. And she's like, how the hell did you? I said, I just can feel it. It was like two little, it was two mutts. I don't even know what they were to me. It was like a lab mutt, you know? And I like all over each other. And I said, you fixed. And neither one fixed their dogs. Who doesn't fix their dogs? So I was like, good luck. Wait for the litter. And sure enough, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's hysterical. Okay, that's the end of that. Yeah. All right, girl. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Patty. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. I hope you feel a little better after having listened. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you're enjoying our show, please send it to a friend and put a little better into their lives. Also, if you would like to find me, you can go to Instagram at Trista Sutter or Facebook at Trista Sutter fan page. Thanks, everybody, and have a great day.